Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. If you've been here the last few weeks, you know that we've been working through a message series entitled, I've Got Questions. And what we've done is uh, the last several weeks leading up to this week, we'll wrap it up this week, we've picked some questions that I think sometimes can keep us from the faith that come between us and God. And then other times, these are questions that we struggle with after we've come to Christ. We just don't know how to answer them. And if you were here a few weeks ago, you know we started off with a very difficult question, why do bad things happen to good people? And then, of course, uh, we talked about is Jesus the only way to God or are there multiple ways? And then last week we talked about, do I really need the church? I mean, why, why do we do this and do I even need to be here? Today, uh, we've got an interesting question for you and I think it's one that we struggle with internally, whether we like to admit it or not, but it's the question, why can't I just live life my way? Why can't I just do my own thing? And if you're a parent of a teenager or a toddler, you probably are familiar with this question, right? You deal with it a lot. Why? Why? Why do I have to do that? Tell me why I got to do this. Uh, When my boys were growing up, they had this thing that they would do. And it wasn't out of disrespect. It was just something fun that we did. But I would tell my boys to do something. And they'd say, stop telling me how to live my life. You're not my mom. And it was a joke, they'd go do it, but then their mom would tell them to do something, they'd say, stop telling me how to live my life, you're not my dad. And so it was this back and forth thing, and it was just a joke, a running j- joke, but it was this thing that, that really gets to the heart of what we're talking about today. We want to live our life the way that we want to live our life, and, and nobody uh, should be able to tell us how to do that. Now this question, if we really boil it down, drill into it, we find out that this question actually is kicking back against two things. First of all, against rules, but also against authority, uh, the authority in our lives, and we struggle with those two things. We, tend to, uh, we have this tendency to see authority and rules as these barriers to things that we really want in our lives. We look at them and we, we view them as obstacles to the things that we want, which ultimately ends up being freedom, right? We just want our own freedom. We want to be able to do what we want to do. Uh, we don't want anyone else telling us what to do. But here's the problem in all of that, and this is just a life truth for every one of us today, and you can't change it. That's the interesting thing, because I've tried, and it doesn't work. The truth is this. All of life has rules. Every bit of it. You can dissect any area of your life, and you'll find out that every area has rules, even the areas that you think shouldn't have rules. And I started thinking through all the things I like doing, and, and you know, wh- what are the rules that come into play there? And when I was growing up, my dad did this interesting thing with my brother and I. He got us into racing, and I think that's what kept us off drugs our whole life, but it was this idea of going down and drag racing all the time. And you know what I found out when I got to the drag strip? I thought there'd be no rules. Like, wh- how many rules do you need just to run cars down a track? right? Um, I found out they have a rule for everything. 
And if you go and you look at the MHRA rules, they are phenomenal. They, they cover everything from helmets to roll bars to, to how fast you can run, how slow, what kind of fuel you can use, what you can use for burnouts and what you can and how long they need to be. And I mean, you just name it. There's a rule for everything. And I thought, thought this was interesting for t- uh, 2023, just this year alone, this season, they've had 20 revisions to their rules. That's how many uh, rules that you need just to be able to go down and race two cars down a track. Now, you might be thinking, well, there's street racing. You don't need rules in street racing. Ah, yeah, you do. Um, you still have a starting line. You still have somebody that tells you when to go. And if you go before, you, you lose, right? There's still a finish line. You don't weave into each other's lanes. There's all these rules for even something as illegal as that. So every area of your life, all of life has rules. And you can't find one that doesn't. Now, the, the honest um, response to this whole issue is not that we don't like rules, I think if we're honest, we would say, no, we, we need rules. Um, it, it's not that we don't want rules. It's the fact that we want to be able to write those rules. I want to be able to make, I want to be the one that makes those rules for every area of my life. Because if I feel like somebody's telling me what I can and can't do, I feel like they're robbing me of my freedom. And so I want to be able to make the rules myself. And this is the way that we... Um, I think, act and move and respond in all areas of life. Kind of like our dating scene today, right? We want all the benefits of marriage, but we don't want the commitment. We want to we write the rules in business, in life. We, we do this, and, and the problem with this is when we don't follow the rules, when we don't stay in the guidelines, then we discover that it leads to heartache and brokenness and loneliness and sometimes death even, um, Now, let me pose a question to you as we launch into this subject today. As we talk about authority and rules in our lives, especially when it comes to spiritual life, what if, what if all of those rules and those guidelines were designed by our Heavenly Father to provide maximum freedom? What if all those guidelines and rules were there to actually lead us to maximum fulfillment in this life? What if they were motivated not out of this idea of control, but out of love, would that change anything for you? So I think it would. I think having a proper perspective of it would change a lot for us this morning. So what I want to do is I want us to take a look at three popular beliefs that we have in society. And I believe these are secret. Like, like in our hearts, we believe these, but we don't like to voice them. We don't say them out loud. But if we were talking to a friend and we got real quiet and we whispered it, we would actually admit to these things. Let me show you the first one. See if you agree with this or not. Um, first po- fo- popular belief is that God's plan isn't what's best for me. See, we believe that we have a better plan than God does. Uh, this right here shows you why this question is a faith issue, right? Because if we struggle with authority, if we struggle with people over us, and, and then how in the world, as we read through Scripture, are we able to repent and surrender our lives and place God on the throne of our life? How can we do that when this is a struggle for us? It, it causes issues within our spiritual walk with Jesus when we won't submit to authority. We think to ourselves, well, if, if God is now in charge of my life, then um, he's going he's to make me give up everything. 
Like I'm not going to be able to have fun anymore. He's just going to strip all of that out of my life. And, and I used to think before I really committed my life to Christ that like, um, you know what? I'll wait to give my life to Christ because I don't want to do it now because I enjoy what I'm doing. And I know what I'm doing. He's going to want me to give up. And not only that, when I receive Christ, he's actually going to put me on a boat and send me to Africa or India or something like that to be a missionary. So I don't want to do that right away. I want to have my fun now. See, we think that coming to Christ and surrendering our lives to Christ means that all the fun goes away, and that's not the case at all. Actually, there's more freedom in Christ than without Christ. See, God has a purpose for us. He wants the best for us, and he can bring that about in a variety of different ways. And so many times when we start talking about God's plan for our lives, the passage that comes up, you could probably guess it because it's all over social media, it's on every plaque, right? Is Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And we go, oh, that would look great on a plaque in my kitchen, right? And see, uh, we, we had a pastor's meeting this last week and we were sitting around talking about this and this subject came up and we were talking about how we cringe every time we hear this because we know 90% of the time it's going to be taken out of context. So let's put it into context a little bit for us because here's what I believe. I believe it when we put it in context, it's actually going to get deeper and have more meaning for us, especially some of us here today that are maybe struggling and really do need this passage. See, when Jeremiah wrote this passage... Uh, God's people had been oppressed for many years. They'd been beat up by the Egyptians, and then finally the, Babylon, uh, the Babylonian Empire came in, conquered them, and get this, they didn't just conquer them, they beat them into the ground, and then they took all those people in Jerusalem, and they exiled them all the way back to Babylon. So in context, think about it this way. If, if another country came in here today, conquered the United States, and then they took all of us and said, it's not good enough that we just beat you up and now we rule over you, but now we're going to uproot you and we're going to move you to a different country to live. That's what's going on here. And they've been moved to Babylon. They didn't want to go to Babylon. And the chapter just before this one, in chapter 28, Jeremiah is actually confronting a, fraud, a false prophet, a, a false prophet that came out and said, okay, we're in Babylon, but guess what? God's going to rescue us and we're only going to spend two years here. And then we're going to get to go home. And Jeremiah, being the true prophet of God, knows that's not right. And he has to come out and tell the people, don't listen to him. He's given you false hope because this is what the one true God actually says, that you're going to spend 70 years here. How would you have liked that news if you were an exile to Babylon? You just want to go home. See, I, I think there was a desire to believe the false prophet, and yet it was giving them false hope. And Jeremiah says, no, God says you're going to spend 70 years in exile. And, and so you might as well, and he says, settle down, build homes, marry, even pray for peace and prosperity over the, this area of Babylon in which you live, because this is going to be home for you for an entire generation. And by the way, we're talking about rules and authority this morning. Do you know why they're in Babylon? Because they rejected God's authority and they disobeyed his rules. And God gave them over to their own, the consequences of their own decisions. That's why they're there in the first place. When we understand Jeremiah 29, 11 in context, I think we discover that these words that Jeremiah was writing down, they were spoken to people in the midst of hardship, in the midst of suffering, People who more than likely were desiring a quick, immediate rescue, and yet God says, I'm not going to rescue you. You made your decisions, and this is the consequences of it, but 
I, I do promise you these things. I've got plans that are good uh, for good and not disaster for you. I've got uh, a future and a hope that's, that's yours. God's response in this was not that I was going to rescue them. Uh, he wasn't going to rescue them. But his response was that he was going to provide um, for them in the moment, even though they were exiled, even though they were slaves in another country, he was going to take care of them. He had a plan to prosper them, even in the midst of a horrible situation. See, God has a purpose for each and every one of us. He knows what's best for us, and he can bring, about, uh, he can bring those things about in a variety of different ways. And we struggle with that because all we can see is our present. All we can see is our immediate circumstances. We can't see what tomorrow looks like. And yet God knows not only what tomorrow looks like, but he knows what the rest of our lives look like. If you're struggling right now, if you're going through a very, very difficult situation, you need to know. Jeremiah 29, 11 was for those, of, those people who had just entered into a very, very difficult season and were going to be there for a very long time. And God is like, I've got you. I can take care of you. He goes on, and we don't read this very often after verse 11, but we need to. He goes on to tell them what the promise is. In verse 12, it says this. In those days when you pray, I will listen. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be with you. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. They're in exile. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will, I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. Eventually, this is all going to happen, but you're going to have to go through a season that's very difficult. But you chose this. But if, if you pray, I'm going to listen to you, and if you seek me, you're going to find me, even in the midst of this. Can I just say, whatever you're going through, um, God hears your prayers. If you seek him, you will find him. And whatever it is that you're going through, it might look like the end of the road. I want to tell you, it's not the end of the road. It's just a bend in the road that God is going to use for his glory. He's molding and shaping you to be more and more like him. And he's doing something in this situation, in this circumstance that you're in right now, that's going to grow you up in him, that's going to bring glory and honor to him. See, God has a better plan for you than you could ever imagine. Um, the second, second belief is that God is too controlling in my life. See, we struggle with God's authority over our lives because we think that he wants to control every aspect of it. When we think about God, we think of, uh, not, we think of God not in terms of what he provides for us. We think of him in terms of what we have to give up. And we think that that's like great. We think like we have to give up all these things. And honestly, what am I giving up? Nothing. For what God has for me? It's almost like I'm standing there with a whole bunch of junk in my hands and God offers me everything. And I'm like, no, I choose this instead. I'm going to hang on to what I have because I think it's so amazing. And God's going, just give me an opportunity. Because if you could just get a glimpse into what I have in store for you, it would change everything for you. And yet we stand there and we, we hold on to our stuff and we look at God as though he's a, a cosmic party pooper or he's a spiritual wet blanket and he just, he's just gonna take all the fun out of our lives and he's just gonna force us to do stuff we don't wanna do. And it's almost like we think that we're gonna enter into slavery that is gonna lead to unhappiness. That's really our thought, if we're honest, about following Christ. And that's not the case at all. He has a better plan for each and every one of us, and he's not too controlling over our lives. Those rules are there for a reason. 
when we think, um, we think if we come to God, we're never going to have fun anymore. We, we don't like controlling relationships, especially if they're controlling us. And that's true for, for marriage. That's true if you're a teenager living under the roof of your parents, having to abide by their rules. And that's true for us spiritually. We think somehow they're just there to control us. And that's not it at all. And because we don't like rules, we tend to kick back, we disregard them, we disobey them, and we do all of that to our own detriment. Um, When I was in high school, uh, my mom and dad were living in a house, they were renting, and they found another house that they liked better just two blocks away, wasn't even that far away. And, And... he decided because the lease wasn't up on this house yet, it was going to be up in a month or so, he was already looking for a house. He found this one, and this one was available right now, but he had to grab it. And so he went ahead and he paid for those two houses for that month until the lease ran out in this one. And we knew that, that we weren't supposed to be in that house. But if you're a teenage boy with a teenage brother, what are you going to do? You're going to throw a party, right? Because that's what you got to do, right? Right? We thought it was a golden opportunity. And so we started putting the word out, we're gonna have a party. We found out, I think my parents were on a date or they had something planned, they were gonna be gone. And so we threw this big old party. The problem is it got way too big. And I remember in the middle of this party thinking, I'm I'm screwed, like this is, my life is over, right? And uh, and not to give you all the details because it's none of your business. (laughs) But you can imagine the horror that set in when I walked out the front door and saw my dad drive into the, the driveway of that house. Um, see, because we don't like rules, sometimes we kick back and we disregard them to our own detriment. My parents, they had rules. Society has rules. And, and yet I still wanted to do what I wanted to do. And unfortunately, that's been true for me many times in my life from the time I was five to the time I was 50. I still do it today. There's times when I just, I disregard the rules and I, I do it because I want to do it. And I suffer the consequences for that. Rules are designed to allow you to get the most out of your life, not to hinder you, not to take away freedom, but to protect you, to give you maximum fulfillment. Boundaries are, are there to protect you, to ultimately give you more freedom and improve your life. And if you want to think of them kind of like guardrails on a mountain road, right? And if you're going too fast or you're not paying attention and you bumped into one of them guardrails and it kept you on the road, you're like, thank you, right? You wouldn't complain because that guardrail was there. You'd be looking over the edge going, I could have died right there. And yet that was there to save me, to protect me, to give me a better life. Why do parents have rules and boundaries and and restrictions? It's because they care for you. They, They love you. See, wise parents, they have rules, They have restrictions for their kids. And a lot of them when the kid is small, right? Like a lot of rules. And as that kid grows and matures and becomes uh, a kid that can handle more of life responsibilities, they begin to loosen the rules. They begin to back off of them a little bit more. And and that's for a reason. And, And those of you that are parents and you're parenting that way, it's because you already are familiar with this biblical principle that we find in Luke chapter 16 that says if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And as parents, we, we give them more freedom as they earn our trust, as they prove to be responsible. And that's not being a controlling parent. That's actually a healthy model for parenting. That's how you raise healthy kids. Uh, the truth is rules and boundaries foster security. We want them there. 
because it makes things um, a little bit more stable. We know what to expect. We know what's supposed to happen and what shouldn't happen. And as a parent, you are the ones that get to establish those boundaries and those rules and those laws in your own household. So bringing that back spiritually, think about it this way. We are God's children. And God as our heavenly father is the one that gets to set the boundaries because he made us. He gets to make the rules and he gets to decide the consequences when we ignore the boundaries or we disobey the rules. That's not controlling, that's love. This last year, I got in this thing where I was reading, doing a lot of reading, and I read through the Bible. So I read all the way from Genesis, all the way through Revelation, from last September all the way until last month. And so reading through that, and we're just reading it in chunks, and, and it was interesting to me because I got to Deuteronomy, and I remember marking this because I never really caught this before. And in Deuteronomy chapter 10, this is what I saw. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for whose own good? Your own good. Do you realize all of that was given to us? Not because God wanted to be like this this overseer and to catch you doing something wrong. It's because he did it for your own good. This, I created you, I designed you, I know what's best for you, and this is what's best for you. Now, what's amazing about that is he says, do this for your own good. He gives us a choice. See, if he, he, if he had created us as robots, we wouldn't need commandments. We wouldn't need laws and rules. We would have just done exactly what we were programmed to do. But here's the interesting thing. God loves us and he wanted us to love him back freely. So much so that he gave us free will. You have free will. You get to decide whether you'll do it God's way or your own way. You get to decide if you want to to love him and serve him and, and obey his commandments and decrees. And God knew that. And yet he, he left it up to you whether you wanted to do that or not. He gave us free will and he gave us these rules for our own good and we get to make our own choices. But many times we make horrible decisions, don't we? We make the wrong choices. I, I saw this last week on social media and I just cracked up. It was called Humans in a Nutshell. And it just says, God, hey, you should do this. Narrator, they did not. That's like the summary of the Bible, isn't it? And I think it's hilarious, I look at that, but honestly, when you go to scripture, and you've got it in front of you, like you can read it, right? It's really sad, because over and over and over again, from Genesis all the way to the end, God says, "Um, hey, I want you to love me back. I want you to follow my commandments. It's for your own good. And what do they do? They turn their backs on him. And it says that he gives them over to their own decisions, to the consequences of their own decisions. And, and they find themselves in this horrible place. And pretty soon they're like, God, we're sorry. Forgive us. We want to come back. And, and so he takes them back. And he says, okay, obey me. Follow me. And what do they do? We read this passage, this little phrase that says, and then there came a generation that did not know God. Over and over and over and over again. And and it's daunting because if you read through the scriptures, you finally you're like, why aren't you getting it? Like you're not getting the picture. Wake up. And yet in that moment, what are we doing? We're actually preaching to ourselves because we do the same thing in our own lives. 
And we suffer the consequences of it. And, and pretty soon we're like, when am I ever going to wake up and get this? And sometimes instead of doing that, we just kick back against God and go, why'd you do this to me? And God's like, I didn't. You chose it. See, oftentimes growing up, I used to think that my parents, they, they were just controlling my life. And it was interesting, after we had Hunter, our, our oldest son, and uh, they gave us this little thing and we took him home and it was our, our responsibility to raise this thing. All of a sudden, uh, I understood like never before, a parent's love, rules, protection, wanting the best for your kid. I started to understand all of that. I never really understood that until I had a kid. When you have kids of your own, somehow all the rules and the boundaries that your parents set when you were growing up, all of a sudden they made sense. Thinking back, I was like, that's why my parents, that's why you always ask me who I was with when I was leaving the house. Because it makes a difference who I hang out with. That's why you wouldn't let me jump off the apartment complex with my cardboard wings. (laughs) Even though I spent hours working on those and I was was convinced they were going to work, right? Because they knew better. They were more wise. They had a better plan and they loved me and they took care of me. And even though I was frustrated and angry, they wouldn't let me jump off there. I, I realized now it was for my own good. And yet here we are, we do, we do the same thing with God all the time. God, why don't you let me do this? And God's like, man, if you could just see where that would lead you. You know what? Forget it. I'm going to sleep with my boyfriend anyway. I'm going to sleep with my girlfriend anyway. And God's like, man, don't do it. Follow my commands. No. I'm going to handle my business with, without integrity because I know this will get me ahead. And God's like, mm, that's not wise. If you just understood the plan that I have for you. See, God's plan is better than us. Anything that you could ever imagine. He's not too controlling. Those rules are are motivated out of love and and he puts them there to protect us. And then number three, if we're honest, if we're whispering with one another, right? This is what we'd say. God doesn't know as much as I do. This is how arrogant we are. When we live our own lives, it reflects our arrogance of, I know better than God. Like I can make better decisions than, uh, I, I have a better path for my life. And this, I think, really gets to the heart of the issue. This is a question of authority at this point, right? Now, the truth is this. You will always worship someone or something. It's not a matter of of having authority in your life or not having authority in your life. You will always have authority in your life because you will always worship something or someone, You will always serve something or someone. You will always dedicate your life to someone or something. Always. You can go to the furthest rainforest, unreached people group, and you will find them worshiping something. Why? Because inside of us is this innate nature to worship something. We know there's something bigger and greater. And yet so often... We don't pursue God, we pursue other things. We put other things in his place. What is it for you? What is it that you worship? What is it that you've made God in your life? What is it that you've built your life on? This is the question of authority. It is all about authority. Who has authority in your life? Is it you? Is it your reputation, your image, fitness, knowledge, money? Kiera's directed prayer this morning was perfect. This is exactly where we're at today. We need to repent of these things. 
And guess what? It happens so quickly. Like in a, in a moment, we can just go from worshiping God to worshiping something else in our lives. It happens so fast. The number of times, if I had a dime for every time I had to get on my knees and pray and go, God, please forgive me. I put something else in your place. We would all be millionaires. And this is why it says in scripture, pick up your cross daily. Because it sneaks in so fast and sometimes we don't even really realize it until it's there and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like making all these decisions. My whole life is, is focused around this one thing and it's not God. God, forgive me. I love how plainly John puts it in 1 John chapter 5. This is what he said. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. We know we're children if we love him and we obey his commandments. He's our heavenly father. We've put him in his rightful place. Now check this out. Next verse. Loving God means keeping his commands and his commandments are not burdensome. We... We love God by keeping his commandments and, his, and when we love God and, and we keep his commandments, they're not burdensome. We don't have to work because we know he has a better plan for us, that he's not too controlling, that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than ours and we can trust him with that. They're not burdensome. It's a pleasure to follow his commandments for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith and who can win this battle against the world? only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, back to today's question. Let me answer this for you. Why can't I just live life my way? You wanna know what the answer is? You can. You, if that's what you choose, you can. But I promise you this, in that moment, it's not gonna go well for you. Because in that moment, you decide to take that place where only God is deserving. You become God in that moment. I would submit today that Jesus is the only one that should be placed in that position. And I'll tell you why. Uh, because when I've been in those positions where I am the Lord of my life, I am the authority, I have found out I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I didn't hang the stars. I didn't set the universes to spend. I didn't create the ocean and everything in it. I don't know how everything works. And there's too much at stake, not just for this life, but the next. And so I need to place somebody there who has all the answers. And the only person is Jesus and Jesus alone. Why? Because he is worthy. He is the only one worthy. He is our creator. He loved us so much. He came, he died on the cross. He rose again. He forgives us of our sins. He gives us in that moment a Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. There's so much more benefit to following Jesus by placing him in a position of authority than anything else. I wanna challenge you this morning as we sing this next song, just to declare that Jesus is the authority over your life and that you're gonna follow his commands and no one else's because this is how he's designed us. Uh, you want life to go well, this is where it starts. It starts with who is it that you've placed an authority in your life? Would you stand and let's declare this together this morning.